Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Billings Coaching Podcast. We're Greg and Gina Billings. We're passionate about individuals and parents living in freedom by overcoming limiting beliefs or blocks that prevent them from their desired outcomes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're excited you found us. And today we get to talk about communication. communication. Thank you very much for all the support for the last few episodes. Yes. What would you like to say? We talked about mindset was our very first podcast, our first topic that we introduced. And having that mindset in place about who you are, we're especially talking about the context of being um, a family and talking to the parents and this definitely translates over to your children as well whether they're young um, I call them littles we call them littles and bigs <laughs> or if you have um, adult children like it's never too late to work on mindset and communication with talking and communication about- is something we use every day sorry I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you we, we communicate in uh, different ways every single day of our lives we're in the world and um, there are always important things we want to get across or communicate clearly and uh, it could be a vision, it could be a mindset, but we want to you know, communicate clearly so people understand. Yeah. We're asking you to listen to communication newly today. You may think, oh, I know about communication. I have this experience and that experience, but we're asking to you to listen to it newly and being able to be teachable and hear something new for yourself that you haven't heard before. Inside of that, we're going to talk about communication styles. So there are lots of different communication styles that people have and also for different stages of life. We talked a little bit about that, littles and bigs and adults. And no matter where you are in life, um, you know, when we had littles, there were a lot, there's lots of grunting and some yelling and not by only just the kids but maybe by mom <laughs> and verbal communication auditory doesn't necessarily be it, it doesn't actually mean that it, you can communicate by not communicating you can mm-hmm. communicate a message by not saying anything by your actions by your body language by other tools of communication in general is primarily listening believe it or not yeah. more than talking Let's talk more about that. Like, why would we say communication is mostly listening? Well, I mean, communication, I mean, you want to be able to understand what the person is saying. So you want to be able to stop and clearly listen so that one, you understand the communication being said. And two, you are um, communicating back with the person after analyzing or listening to what they said. Absolutely. This goes back to us as a family being teamwork, like working as a team. And part of that listening to what the other person is saying is being part of that, is being teamwork, working together towards a common goal. We did talk about vision and creating those common goals and what you're up to. In communication, that is also an area where teamwork really becomes an effective tool. So as parents, you can think of yourself more as a coach, you know, like Greg and I are life coaches and we help people step into that gap. So you as a parent help your child to step into that gap. You have more wisdom 
and experience in communication. So when your child is yelling and screaming and they're expressing something, they don't yet have those tools about how to identify it and put, a, put language to it. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and taking those not only verbal cues, but um, physical cues of what people's doing is communication is not just the words. It's just not it's not just the words that are being said, but it is also the body language, the tone, and the expression. Getting, yes, expression. Like that's um, you know I think Zoom has been such a powerful tool in this time where we haven't been able to physically get together during COVID, but we can actually see one another and see the whole communication that's happening. Um, Inside of the communication, I wanna talk about, um, first of all, speak so people will listen to you. As parents, we really get to model this. So sometimes our language may sound negative or create disconnection. And a great way to speak is to use I and me statements. These statements really go a long way because it's it's not saying, hey, you over there, I think you have a problem. And immediately that puts up a wall, especially with your kids. And I mean, think about you as a parent. As soon as somebody says, oh, you should do this or you should do that, do your defenses go up? Think about your kids. The same thing happens with your kids. So using those I and me statements talks about it from your point of view, from your perspective, and you get to have say, and it doesn't allow those walls of communication to be built, or, and it also takes out the defensiveness of the conversation. And I think if it's with communication, I think it's important to clear all distractions from around you, so that you're yeah, listened to, uh, you know, your social media, you're not on a computer, you're not distracted by the environment around you, that you're earnestly making an effort to listen to what is being communicated. Mm-hmm. So an example of an I statement. Um, so I want to say, first of all, how what would create a wall. So there's some shoes that are left in the middle of the floor. I could say, you left your shoes in the middle of the floor. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> and automatically there's defensiveness and disconnection. And it's me against my, I'm going to say it's my child in this, in this instance, uh, and my child. So using an I statement, I would say, I would appreciate you putting your shoes away. And this second one creates um, it from my perspective and how it affected me and how we can work together to resolve it. It's a safer way to say it. It's not so angry. Right, right. (laughs) And so that's speaking so that people will listen to you. And that does include littles and bigs and adult children and spouses. To communicate, you have to step back. In, In any situation, like let's say your child spills lemonade on the ground. And it is important not to scream at that child for whatever circumstance, whatever action happened. Like, what do you think you're doing? Are you, what do you, you know, blah, 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 whatever it might be. That it's, hey, are you okay? What happened? Can I do anything to help you? Mm-hmm. And what we like to call that in our home is we put relationships before things. <coughs> we want to 
preserve and protect the relationship of what's going on. Like, so there was spilt lemonade, we can always clean that up. How I react to that, when I react to that in a negative way, that leaves an impact on my child. And when I react in a um, positive way, and I'm gonna use respond instead of react, that response is checking in to see if they're okay and that leaves the lasting impact that I want to leave on my child. And I think some might think you're coddling, but you're not. You're communicating. There are other ways to communicate. If modeled, if we were modeled yelling and screaming or attacking in our in some point in our lives, then like a like a record you're just going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to empower your communication, there's no need to be loud and obtru- uh, um, I don't know if obtrusive is the word. It, you can still get your point across without having to be overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's an area, of, um, you know, if I'm reacting and putting things before relationship, it's an opportunity for me to check myself and see, well, what's going on with me? What's, what's my trigger in this situation? And that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> well, you don't know what's going on in the other person's life. You don't. Yeah. I mean, it could be that you know, you're communicating one thing and they're struggling with some area in their life where they're having a bad day. And even some simple comment might trigger aggression or um, an emotion. And it's being, being in that, 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 that communication is nonverbal or communication is listening. It's also the body language and what you're seeing on the other person and the reaction that you're you're getting. And you mm-hmm. might not be saying something in a way that is uh, causing that reaction. Or it might or it might cause a turn in the conversation. Yeah. Well and we say that communication mm-hmm. is mostly listening because listening is to hear what's being to understand what's being said. So some people may think that listening is listening is the opportunity to formulate their sentences while they're waiting for the other person to stop talking so they can speak. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about focusing on the speaker, hearing what he or she is saying, noticing their body language, and engaging in what they're saying. And this process is called active listening. Some of you may have heard of this. Um, If you really want to advance your listening skills, there's the echo method. And we've used this one a lot um, with each other in our uh, spousal relationship and with our kids. And what this is, is you listen to what the person says and then you repeat back what they say and how you understand it. So an example that we have is, um, let's say, you know, our daughter, told you know my daughter told me something about a friend of her of her friend of hers she tells me the story and then i repeat back to her okay so this is what i'm understanding you went you went to the store saw mary with sally and you were upset i'm very much shrinking the story down you can get a gist of what what happened so i'm repeating back to her what i heard her say and how i understand it and so I let me understand. So you're you're giving an example of the echo method. Yes. So I just did. did yes. It, right. Exactly. All right. 
Yeah. So I didn't ask investigative questions or I didn't try to resolve or even dismiss what happened. And my question to you is how do you think that my daughter responded? And, (laughs) you know, my daughter responded with, uh, in in my response, it said, I love you and I care about you and I understand you. And she felt heard, and she felt known, and she felt loved. And so, using the, the echo method. Sorry, I mean it's important. I think it's really important in every aspect of in communication, or in particular areas. Which one would you say, in particular areas or in all area? The to using the echo method. Yeah. I think you have to use it at your discretion where it's um, applicable. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to improve the relationship, improve communication with your spouse, when you need to be engaged and present in the conversation. Again, I said it earlier, distractions. Eliminate the distractions. And then I know it's sometimes challenging with men to listen and not talk and to repeat back to clearly understand what your spouse is saying. And trust me, they will appreciate it. Right, the the female the the uh, yes the spouse on the other end yes. or yeah the the spouse or the mm-hmm. other person on the other end listening. Mm-hmm. I think it's valid for any person on the receiving end. So in that particular conversation, it's respectful to repeat back because then you know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know a lot of times. Um, you know, I like to go into Bob the Builder mode, <laughs> the fix-it mode of, okay, you've got a problem. Okay, I'm going to help you figure figure it out and and you know tell you what you did wrong and tell you how to do it right. And this echo method really empowers the other person to know that they're heard, to know that they're they're loved, and uh, and I'm I'm not dismissing what's what they did or what's going on in their life and how they're perceiving it so a third tool that we want to talk about is awareness so this is we're calling, we're saying it's stop look and listen so you want to look at what's going on <clears throat> and what may not be said so this tool helps um this so it's tool, like paying attention yeah yeah right yeah and i think we've we've <clears throat> that's been the underlying um, tool in each of these types of communication. So that awareness is bringing the identity, like identifying some feelings. And this tool that I'm talking about in an awareness is using your feelings like a thermostat and not saying that our feelings rule and they get the say of how I'm going to react in a situation, but the feelings are like a thermostat of what's going on inside. We aren't saying to live according to your feelings, but that feelings are a great tool to know that something is off. Like our check engine light came on in our car. I I have no idea. The car seemed to be running just fine, but there's that check engine light on there to let me know there's something a little bit off, so I need to be aware and go and take a look at it to find out what's going on. So if you're having a feeling and you try to push past it, uh, it will block us from moving forward. So becoming aware of the feeling and acknowledging it 
will bring light to it and diminish the power to block you. Got it. I'm going to communicate something right now. Mm-hmm. Halloween candy is like a tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just ate a couple pieces before you got on here. I ate candy, and now I am yawning. So, just wanted to communicate that. But, um, so... So what is that feeling telling you? Not to eat Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for the system. For uh, your system? It's for my system, yes. I'm communicating that one clearly. Um, sugar is not my friend. It is my enemy. Um, so, can we give an example of of the that awareness? Are we... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about... Um, when our daughter was baking uh, sugar cookies, she came running in and she said, Mommy, Mommy, the dough keeps breaking apart. And she kept rolling it out um, and she was, um, as she was baking the sugar, sugar cookies. And my unaware response would have been, Keep trying. D- did you try more flour? And she would continue to bat- pout and not continue on with the cookie baking. Like So I'm trying to fix it for her. You know, where it sounds like I'm being encouraging, I'm like taking over the space and not acknowledging what's going on with her. So my aware response would be to respond with, the cookie dough keeps breaking up, that sounds like it's upsetting you. So I stated what was happening, the cookie dough was breaking up, and noticed her, um, how she was responding to it. So. It looked like she was getting upset. And she responded with, yes, it is. And she took a deep breath. She hugged me. And she said, can you help me out with it, please? It was that easy. It wasn't me trying to fix it for her or taking away the pain for her um, or diminishing it, but acknowledging what was going on and being aware of how it was affecting her. So identifying the, by identifying the feeling or being aware of what's in the way, she was heard and known and she was able to move on to the next step. Something that we did in our house when we started to identify our feelings was we made it really basic. We started with... Mad, sad, glad. Yes. Just like you go to the doctor's office and they point at the pictures on the wall of which, which one are you feeling, you know, what's your, where's your pain level? Mm-hmm. So in the awareness area we identified it with feelings of mad sad glad it simplified it and helped us understand what was going on yeah because as parents who didn't grow up with that tool we had to learn it as well so we were learning it right right there with our kids um we had to identify it in ourselves and then model that language to our kids we've we've graduated a little bit since the mad sad and glad and we are more um, descriptive feelings. We use more descriptive feelings like I'm feeling happy or calm, confused, angry. Yeah, I think as the time goes on, you can get models. You can go online and get them um, offline of documents or, or pictures that have different um, faces, different um, reactions that the child might be feeling. And if they can't express them verbally, maybe they'll point to it and you can you know, explain the way that mm-hmm. the, uh, the tool works in order to effectively communicate and get to the bottom of what your uh, child, even, <laughs> I guess I could use it too, your spouse, I'm feeling calm, pointing at a picture of calm. Um, 
Actually, I'm feeling tired because of the cookie, or the candy, <laughs> candy. Uh, yeah. and maybe a little bit confused. Um, so it's it's a good tool to use. Definitely. So we want to talk about how do you how do how do you react when your spouse or your partner jumps to conclusions about something um, that you didn't like and doesn't ask your perspective? So you probably feel dishonored or divided, not heard and frustrated. We wanted to ask you, how do you think your kids feel when they are treated this way and then expected not to react? So as parents, we might see things that look one way but are really another. So with perspective and awareness, it's also being able to view a situation for what it is at the moment and using those describing words about it. And this also helps build better relationship. So you and your family get to decide what's what is important to us what are what are we up to for us it's building relationship so it's important for us to respect and honor the perspective of the other person yes so as far as perspective goes if i could verbalize it because we're on audio if there is if i'm standing on one side of a number six for example (laughs) And Which my is wife it? is standing on the other side of this number six. So directly across from this number six, the six that I'm looking at from my perspective actually looks like a nine from her perspective. So we're not perceiving the same thing in the same way. We're seeing it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to be able to communicate your perspective clearly so that each each person is heard and understood mm-hmm. yeah and I and I think it's important to honor the other person like I said so that they they feel heard and they feel known I mean that's something we've learned too is to really watch the way we're being as a couple as a married couple around each other that if there's certain stressful situations occurring in the world or in our job or whatever it might be, that you take time to relax and unplug so that you're not taking out any issues that would be on your spouse or partner and in turn taking it out on your children. They're seeing the reaction to whatever issue it is from the way that you're treating each other. Does that that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, and and I also wanted to touch on if there is frustration, you know, your child or your parenting partner is having, you know, jumping to conclusions. We're not saying that they get a pass and, you know, we just go, oh, well, you know, they get a pass because I didn't understand their perspective. We're saying that can we build a bridge to come together to work through the situation and learn from it. And that's also the repeating part. Mm-hmm. Echo the echo method, coming back and saying, "Hey, this is how I'm understanding what you're saying." To clearly say it back to because you might not be understanding what that other person's saying. Right. So you want to, when you're not under, when you don't understand, don't be afraid to echo back and say, "Okay, this is what I hear you saying." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So modeling this kind of respect and honor with your kids in communication will help them learn effective communication. Um, tools in your family and in life. So we're building a bridge. We're building a bridge to clear, effective communication, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a good example of that is 
let's say you enter the kitchen and you just cleaned it. Um, and we have four kids, so it, it's, yeah, it's, this is real. Okay, so I've just cleaned the kitchen <laughs> and I've entered back into the kitchen and there's dirty dishes and food left on the counter. And I look over and my child is happily sitting at the kitchen table. So my communication could be if I'm unaware of you messed up my kitchen and now you're just sitting there. You're such a slob. You know, what are your thoughts? What do you think they're, you're, my, my kid is thinking? My kid could be thinking I'm an idiot and I never do anything right and you're so mean. No, you're not. <laughs> and my aware communi- versus my aware communication It would be, hey, I just cleaned up the kitchen and now I see dirty dishes and food on the counter while you're happily sitting there. And my kid's response could be, I'm sorry, I just finished my sandwich. I'll clean it right up. And I think it empowers them to clean. They know that they're not walking on pins and needles, at least in our house. They're not walking on a fine line of, oh, is mom going to scream at me? Or, oh, is dad going to bite my head off? It's... They finish what they're doing, the activity that they're doing, and then they uh, proceed to clean up. Or it's put in such a way, it's stated in such a way, to where they feel, hey, I know you just ate your breakfast. Can you do me a favor and clean up after you're done? Right? Well, it's not even that you're doing me a favor, but being part of the teamwork, being part of the household. And... So I described in the aware communication, I described the what I just did. I cleaned up the kitchen and now I see dirty dishes and food on the counter and you're happily sitting there. I'm stating facts. I'm say, stating the facts about what I see versus saying you messed up my kitchen. You're such a slob. So going to those, stating those facts helps the other person, and in this case my child, to respond in a way that is mature and healthy and is continuing to build relationship. Does that wrap up communication? I mean, is that what we want to... Yeah, so I also wanted to incorporate the mindset of um, if there's fear and control, it may want to rear its ugly head in familiar situations and make make me revert back to how I've always done it or say that it isn't working after a few times. Um, so our kids know us to be a certain way and are expecting that that I show up that way. What we've done is we've talked to our kids and say that we've learned, we're learning some new techniques. The intent is to bring our family closer together. And each individual communicates differently. Mm-hmm. We have four kids plus our two personalities. So we all have a, a, a different way of communicating and it's understanding each way of communicating so that you don't say something like I'll stick my, you know, I can stick my foot in my mouth that might upset one of the kids. So it's just being aware of the way that they communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then that's, that touches on the different personality types and there are lots of different models out there about personality types and we've, we have done those so that we have a better grasp of how our temperaments are and how to relate to one another better. So we invite you to look up a personality type that works for you and your family, gives you some insights on, um, you know, if somebody is a leader 
where somebody um, is a jokester and not trying to make them be who who you are if you're a different personality but honoring really who they are coming together to work for the best of who each of yours was created to be and the, what there's that what's the love language book the four love languages the five love languages yes the yes. five love languages so <laughs> that's a good that's a great too. book for men and women to both read so that you understand your spouse or your partner's um, love language what they uh, what likes them up what doesn't light them up absolutely so we invite you to take these tools and use them in your home try them out uh, let us know how it goes uh, comment on this post so we can know what you've tried yeah comment on the podcast let us know what your thoughts are what tools you use what ideas you have um, we again we we love walking alongside of you we love doing this and um, we are excited for our next episode so thank you very much have a great week bye guys join us next wednesday you can find us on facebook or instagram at billings coaching please like comment and share our website is gina b coaching thank you again and have a great week